Welcome back to another episode of the Emmanuel Pastors Podcast. It's been a while, and I know that you guys are itching and clamoring and and just you can't wait for another episode of this. So for all of our faithful listeners, all of you out there, here it is, the long-awaited next episode, episode number 38. And we got a full cast uh, today. Um, we got Theo back. Hey, Theo. Hey, good to be back. <laughs> you sound thrilled. Uh, we got we got a previous guest back on. This is the one and only Michael. Hi, up, Michael. And uh, we have a a star from another podcast. Uh, maybe you've heard her on the podcast "Born for This," uh, the one and only Dami. Hello, everyone. So we got a four-way conversation going today. Uh, we're taking a break from our kind of series of um, what do you do for a living kind of interviews, vocational vignettes. Um, and this is a conversation that's going to revisit a conversation that we had around this time last year in Arrigo Park. And... Um, we just want to not have that be a one-and-done conversation, but something that we revisit, and we're going to talk more about that in a second. But can you put yourself back a year ago and kind of think about what the city was like this time last year? Um, any, any, you guys have any kind of memories of what you were thinking or feeling around this time uh, last year and the things that were going on in our city? Um, yeah, it was uh summer um into the pandemic people had been cooped up into their homes for uh, a good amount of time maybe uh three or four months already and i think there was already a good amount of restlessness but the big thing that happened was um george floyd was uh um murdered um, i can say that because that's the official judge ruling um by uh he's a black man that was murdered by a white police officer and, and that was may 25th 2020 yep yep and i think it was pretty clear that it was just a really violent act i think um yeah that and just frustration from the black community with uh, white policemen and um, a lot of pent-up rage and energy from the city um there were a lot of riots uh, all across America yeah. over this incident. Yeah. It was pretty crazy in Chicago, right? How are you feeling, Dami or Theo, this time last year? What was, thing, what was the, the mood of life in the city as compared to this year? Yeah, no, I remember um, working um, at the Children's Hospital. There was a time where they were like closing the bridges and so it was pertinent because mm. I guess there was like a whole bunch of um, riots. And I remember they had had to like lock us in like an hour, an extra hour of work, which for me was kind of a lot because, you know, 12 hours is a lot. When you add a 13th, it's even more. Mm. And so, but it was just yeah. really interesting. I remember that being um, a big feature and feeling unsafe uh, largely. And it just was, there was a lot of chaos. But then it was also like kind of awkward. And I say awkward because it was like, we're still kind of in the middle of pandemic. And so it's like, there is like uh, Michael mentioned like this restlessness, but it's like almost like not to the full extent that you would think it would be had it not been a pandemic. Yeah, those were crazy times. That was one of the one of the crazier times in my life, and especially in the city. Um, it's 
kind of kind of scary, kind of solemn, and a lot of heady kinds of things going on. So, um, in some ways, that's calmed down, right? Like in some ways, it's uh, we've moved on past that, um, which is good in in the sense of like destruction of property and, and chaos, but. Uh, we wanted to renew that conversation uh, and not let it just be something that was faddish or um, just kind of something people would talk about because it was the thing to talk about then. But we want to renew the conversation because we believe that it's, you know, about something that's more than a fad. And it's, it, it gets to some deep theological convictions that we have as a church that have been there for many, many years. It's actually one of our stated kind of values of diversity that we've been talking about for years before 2020, and we want to talk about it again in 2021 and keep revisiting that, um, not as a, you know, out there sort of big idea that the national news media is talking about, or is, but in a, even trying to bring it down even more local and, and particular to our church body. We're a church that's a, a diverse church. Um, and in many different ways, and we can talk about what that means and looks like. Uh, how do we be a church that uh, has cross-cultural discipleship happening? Um, that was kind of the way it was framed last year. How do we become a church that has a culture of honoring people of different races and backgrounds and live in this diversity that we have as a church and grow in it? So that's what we want to talk about um, together today. Uh, Dami, you were you wanted to kind of maybe set the stage as you yeah, kind of thinking about thinking the book about of Genesis and some of the theological underpinnings of this. Uh, so we're not just kind of following following the world's cues, but really rooting our ideas in Scripture. Yeah, no, I was. Um, I think that the study of Genesis that we were having in small group was particularly um, fruitful, and I think had helped me kind of think through. Um, the Lord's design in everything, but then specifically in diversity and in the way that he made different races. So I I just remember particularly um, the very beginning parts of the study, we talked in large depth about the Lord's plan for creation. And we see like all of the, lo- all of the Lord does in creation. And something that was really striking to me and we kind of discussed as a small group was um, just how like purposeful the Lord's um, actions were. And so like in a world that's completely empty, there was so many different kind of permutations of of that could have that the Lord could have chosen in creating the world, but He chose a particular way to do things. Maybe per- permutation isn't the word, but um, there just was so many different ways that um, the Lord could have made the world, and it was so unique that He made things very specific. And you get to see um, that the Lord makes people different um, as far as like gender went, but then also um, in, as far as like the way that they looked. And so I think it was really encouraging to see that diversity was woven into the Lord's plan for creation. It, it's not, it's like a, it's a very God thing. It's, it's not like a trend. It's a very like, mm. um, and I guess, you know, diversity means so many things, to so many people. And I think to clarify, like just the celebration of different like people, um, is I guess kind of how that could be defined in this context. But yeah, so I think that's, it's just really interesting to note that the Lord, Diversity was always on the mind of the Lord. That was something that he created, and it was good. Yeah, I like that definition of diversity a lot, because I think, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm representing, like, popular media the best way when I say this, but, like, 
you know, when you say diversity is, uh, like, we need more diversity in my office, for example, like, literally what that could mean is, like, oh, we need more non-white males, so it's more just like a, like, like a body count, basically, <laughs> um, mm. like a statistic, whereas the way you're defining it, a celebration of, um, yeah, I guess our differences, um, I think that goes a step beyond just a body count, it goes into, like, uh, this is something that's different about me and different about this person and how do I like encourage and celebrate it um, I remember like you know um, when God scattered scattered some of the generations of Noah and then we see like some people lived on the coast and some people uh, lived elsewhere or like um, even after the descendants of Adam like there were some people that started making like uh, technology of like bronze and uh, <laughs> one of one of the one of the kids like learned music. It, it was like one person learned farming, one person learned metalworking, and one person learned music. So there's like even diversity amongst the children. Um, um, and yeah, like obviously all those those things are things that we use today now, right? Farming, metals, and music. So it's um, maybe it's a stretch, but I think that's a celebration of like the difference of people already in the um, beginning part of the Bible. Mm, I definitely think um, it I think they're like just kind of kicking from that point a little bit like when you recognize that diversity is uh is a thing that, that's like highly celebrated in the Bible, um, and 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 the, the big picture of of Genesis, um, even with Abraham, is it, really like it's not simply to, to bless, be a be like God has his his people, but like Abraham was meant to be a blessing to the nations and to share God's glory with, with all people and together, like all these people um, come together under the throne of God and and worship him from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Um, I, I think if you like have that lens in mind, it, it does kind of help you like read scripture a little bit more layered. So like the, like the, the story of like the Good Samaritan or something like that, um, I don't really think you can get that story unless you're thinking in terms of the distinctions of like diversity there of race and socioeconomics and, and certain things like that um, and, and once you kind of put it together it, it shows like I guess how, how, how beautiful like godly diversity is and also how broken our world is that like we're so fractured and, and distorted against each other from like all different structures of, of uh, oppression and, and injustices in the world that uh, yeah it, it breaks God's fundamental plan for what he originally wanted was with, with us um, so that's helpful. There's there's uh, diversity in Genesis and in Revelation. It's part of God's plan. It's part of His design, His redemptive goal. That's big, big picture kinds of stuff. Um, 
Would you say that uh, IBC is a diverse church? I think it depends on who you're asking. Um, it's certainly more diverse than some of the churches that I've been part of. And uh, I mean, I would kind of say that, like, I, I chose, uh, I might have chosen those other churches predominantly because everyone uh, looked and acted and thought like me. Um, and uh, I thought that was the case when I, when I moved to um, IBC, but I think more and more as I'm learning about kind of um, where people are um, in all the different facet facets of life, like socioeconomically, like, you know, we have uh, people that are well off and people that like are, are doing well, um, people that are students and um, we have like, a, I, I would say like a good amount of variance um, in our education. Um, I think theologically even too, it's, it's not everyone is, well, I think we're, all the members here are, like, I can affirm that they are believers, they believe in the gospel, but I think on a lot of the secondary and tertiary issues that I, I, I talk with more with people and I do find, like, there is some um, differences, but I, I, maybe you're getting at this, but I, um, I think there might be, like, uh, more predominant, like, uh, racial groups at IBC and maybe some underrepresented ones. Um. Um, I, I think our church is like, is, it's, it's kind of a blessing to see how diverse it is. And I think it's unique and, and special in that way. And I really appreciate that a lot. And I, I thank God for that. Um, but I definitely think we can grow in that more. Um, I, I think uh, we there, there's some differences of, of thoughts and, and like di we, there's different cultural aspects in our church and different uh, ethnic backgrounds. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think I think there is a tendency that I, I feel in, in myself at our church that like once you've like been in IBC for a while, it's it's very comfortable and you kind of get into like a, a rut of things. And and I, I have a temptation to not want to disrupt my rut or my groove or my, my, my circle of friends in IBC to talk to new people mm. or to like try to see someone else that is like from a different has a different perspective on different things than myself so uh, definitely I think I've grown a lot at IBC and and like learning about uh, uh, different people and how how the love of God is manifest in, in different cultures and stuff like that but I think I also for me can I think there is a, a sort of general culture at IBC and I think if we're not careful, we won't push ourselves to to keep trying to pursue other people and keep trying to seek more growth in this area. Yeah, 
Theo, can you explain more uh, what, what you mean by that? So you said there's a general culture at IBC. And, yeah. Uh, can you kind of explain what that is and maybe what's like an example of a culture or um, something that isn't like necessarily in line with the culture at IBC and how that has been like handled, I guess, and how it should be handled maybe? Um, I think the one that like kind of comes to like just the forefront of my mind and, and just kind of like fleshing out it's, it's the thing that's been like kind of tipping my mind and, and I've been thinking about this a little bit more is like like how how different people groups kind of experience like the COVID phenomenon and like how we reacted and responded to it um, I think IBC did hmm. a, a good job in 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 like the way we enacted our policies and and brought it together um but i do i do kind of think like oh like the for the and and if i if i'm speaking wrong or something like you know you can you guys can correct me i kind of feel like the majority of us at ibc because of like where we were at were like relatively safe from covid um like I don't I think we would have had the resources to pay for it or like we were healthy or something like that um I think it kind of like blew my mind to just get around different people from other neighborhoods even in Chicago where like COVID just like took out their families and um it they they didn't have like either the resources or uh like I, I don't know why I, I I don't I'm not a sociologist I don't have the eyes to see that but it just it just changed the way I like thought That's and, and looked at, at the situation when I talked to somebody who like lost a lot because of it and they were like super careful and cautious the whole time because of it and like it's like yeah like I I understand that um so that, that's mm. just been something that's been on my mind where I've been like I I don't think I would have like seen that or known that perspective um had I not talked to people who were in those areas or in those neighborhoods that were more poor does, does that make sense and that didn't necessarily happen through the church because the church no. was a bit homo homogeneous in that sense of being um not as touched by it the, I I could be wrong but that's just something that like I thought of no I think that's a valid observation yeah yeah looking at the diversity of our church through COVID lens in many different ways is I think kind of enlightening we have different different people with different approaches but you're saying in some ways it revealed a lack of diversity of our church interesting Dami how would you answer that question yeah, is, so is, is, um, is, is IBC, IBC diverse? diverse? Yeah, no, I think um, I think our church is definitely diverse in many ways. In, in, in like um, Michael said about certain ways of thinking and things, um, and I do think that people come from many backgrounds um, that are unique. And so, um, while there may be um, like not representation in some races, I think that for the most part, we have representation in um, like unique races and things, for, for example, in our church. 
Um, I do think that, like, there can be, like, so on, on lines that people are similar on, maybe similar to what Michael was saying, there can be a sense of, like, gravitating towards that sort of a person uh, that may look, look like you. Um, and so I think that's natural in many ways, but then I also think that there's, like, potential room for, um, like, comfortability and, like, not reaching out and things. Um, I think, yeah, I think that there are, I, I think from, like, a, even, like, as when we look at like, the demographics of the area, I think um, there's ways that IBC represents the area, and there's ways that I think we could definitely do, or not that we could do a better job, but that there's, there's ways that um, we don't look as close to the area that we're in. Um, yeah, parts of the UIC area, area that are, that are missing. missing. Right, right. And it's, I think that yeah. we, we do, there's, there's a... Yeah. There's a population that we do look very similar to in the um, area, but I think that there's um, also right. Right. like segments that you know maybe aren't necessarily there and represented. But I do think, like I said, we represent very unique people groups in our church, and I think that is unique, and that cannot be said of all churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sociologists actually define a multi-ethnic church as a church in which no one ethnicity makes up more than 80%. <laughs> That, to we me, made it, guys. Of, I mean, yeah, if you look at just our, we have 91 members right now. I just did a quick scan at the membership list today in, in preparing for this, and and it's it's 50% white. Um, that's, I mean, that, that according to those standards that we meet that, we're like, we far exceed that. And yet, um, I don't think there's anybody that coming to the church right now that's, over 50 <laughs> uh, so we're a, a young church right um, there's all the different ways to slice this but yeah um, another thing I would think I was thinking about too is that we are a small church kind of by intention right we don't have our goal is to is to stay a, a church that can be everybody knows each other and in a certain way that those things operate and, and plant churches right so so for a church that's you know got a hundred people or something like that you could have um certain groups that make up like let's say one or two percent like one or two people um one or two indians or one or two nigerians right and in a church of a thousand that looks different that percentage number looks different in a church of a thousand than does in a church of a hundred so to be a small church and to have the intimacy of a small church may mean that diff- you have um you may feel more alone if you're in a a more uh smaller kind of demographic just a unique kind of challenge of a small church that's trying to be diverse that it brings up like you're not gonna come and see a lot of people like you or even like a like a critical mass of people like you does that make sense kind of the mathematical yeah. mathematical that's really yeah. Well said. yeah it's a small sample size and, and a small sample yeah that's good yeah so i just getting kind of to the real nitty-gritty of this what and i think theo said something about pursuing other people like this idea of if we're going to be a diverse church we're going to be a church that's does cross-cultural discipleship and not just um have have kind of on you know on the face diversity but then be cliquish um it's really going to involve a lot of putting ourselves in other people's shoes like what would it you know what? I wonder what it's like um, to be the only Indian in the church, uh, or 
you know, just and, and not be thinking necessarily always about like, oh, I'm the only 40 year old male, white male from a, a farm. So nobody here really gets me. And I could pout about that or feel, you know, like lonely. But God is teaching me like, oh, if I feel lonely, I wonder how this person feels and how am I going to, how am I going to go after that person and, and seek to understand and make them feel included? And that's where love comes in. And I mean, really, diversity gives us an opportunity to love. <laughs> uh, homogeneity doesn't as much, right? Yeah, and I'd like to add to that. I think, like, you know, um, someone who, I guess, I don't know if overrepresented or, like, has a, I guess has a lot of, like, peers that, like, look like me, basically young Asian yep. dudes, like, you think I would have, you know, never have moments in which I feel lonely because there's just so many people like me. But truth is, yeah, there there are times I feel um, just sad and lonely. Like nobody gets me. Like I can slice it the same way that you're slicing, Nathan. Like ah, nobody yep. like has the same job as me, and therefore nobody understands my right. struggles. But no, um, no other cat lovers at the church like you. <laughs> well, there, there's Michelle. So there's my wife. So, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the, the thing is it's um when i go to the lord about it like hmm. i think um yeah like i'm comforted that he understands right jesus well kind of by choice right he 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 chose to pray alone a lot but also uh he's the man of sorrows right forsaken by god and everyone else on the cross hmm. um so i think uh, this isn't the, really the conversation about loneliness but um I did want to throw that out there and not only, but, but, but once I do understand that, once I do know that like Jesus loves me and I'm refreshed and energized by that, that's when I can go out and love my neighbor. Even if it's feels like work, even if it feels like, like this is a person that like is not me and therefore will take some effort on my end to learn, understand, love. Um, and I think, uh, just to close off that thought there, there is a many ways that I don't know how to love other people. Um, one time, like I would think some something I said in, in jest, like a joke that I would say, like mm. it would be really funny, but this person like totally didn't take it that way and was actually rather offended. <laughs> mm. um, and that's that's an example of like maybe a uh, more like tiring pursuit, but it's still the pursuit that God calls me to do, regardless of how I feel about it necessarily in the moment. Mm. Yeah, I think that's Theo, really. Well, you, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say. I just think it's a really well said um, that piece on kind of um, that like if if solely the reason that we like pursue diversity is to be understood, then we may be potentially making other people look a god, right? Like we may be like that that space of being understood and 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 somebody or. Um, ultimately like, the Lord understanding us can only be like done by the Lord and so I think that's an interesting point that you mentioned hmm yeah hmm Theo you're you're Chinese American right yes sir <laughs> but are you the typical Chinese American uh, I think about you in this context know. like what's that I don't I don't know I, I kind of it's because I feel like you're a unique 
in that someone might just look at you and think, oh, he's another, um, you know, Asian. But in some ways, you're like, you grew up in a, in a, um, in a totally different culture, yeah. I think. And yeah. I, that's something that I, maybe people aren't aware of or don't immediately see, but to get to dig a little deeper and to get to know you and understand what makes you tick, you got to understand that you, you know, you grew up in a certain kind of place. You had a, yeah. uh, you know, a single mom married later in life in a cross-cultural marriage. Yeah. So kind of grew up in a lot of white, you know, yeah. white spaces. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I think, I think, like, what what's already been said before is I, I don't want to, like, trumpet like my own uniqueness as if it's like, like a, a vanity thing or, or nothing like that. But that that might that's not like super helpful. But, um, yeah. I, it. There's like there's just like weird things that like happened that like um, I don't really know how to explain. So like on the one hand, like I grew up with like a single mom being like one of maybe like three Asian kids in like my hometown, and the rest of them were like white or Native American or Mexican. <laughs> so um, those those were my friends. Those were people that I is a small town it's a farm town um those are the people that you know raised me it was a farm town you said uh not uh, or I, a fun a fun a, town it's kind of like it's a small town with a lot of farmland around it that's the best way I can say it um yeah so like when I moved to the big city it was like and and even like coming to IBC, it was like kind of the first times I've met like other like uh, other Asian Americans, and like I had kind of a hard time because I felt I felt a little bit bad because I didn't understand some some of like like some traditional Asian culture stuff, hmm. um, and I was like I was just like super uh, just just like super like hesitant and like guarded for a bit until like I, I realized that you know they're just people like me and and they actually we actually shared a lot of like interesting similar experiences with just different things and uh, and hmm. now it's just it's kind of nice it's kind of nice to have like people around that are Asian Americans I, I like it I, I don't know what to say yeah. yeah it's interesting I just bring that up to kind of just start to showcase even the sub layers of diversity and all in the context uh, like like you said of not making you like some you you know for you to trumpet that but for us to be interested in that and for all of us to be thinking like oh I bet you that this other person there's more than meets the eye there how can I you know yeah. dig that think, up and, and understand that I think one of the things that like this this does bring up and, and I think there's there's so many things we can talk about with this topic but I, I've just been reflecting on a little bit is like uh, you know like we should all like agree on on 
what the gospel is and and our our basic needs for the gospel of like that we're 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 miserable sinners before God and and we need Christ's life, death, and resurrection to uh, uh, pay the penalty for our sins and impute us with his righteousness. Um, But like how the implications of that like get fleshed out in someone's life uh, is gonna look different depending on whether you're poor or Indian or 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 white or, or any of those things and, and it's just like hmm. like you know just as like the one the person who like doesn't feel like he has anyone to relate to in, in the church like how the gospel like relates to him and, and attaches to those knees and then like frees him up to like still love people still feel included in the church uh looks different from like me and like having people here that like look like me and how the gospel kind of like kind of challenges me to instead of like stay comfortable but push out i I don't know if i'm saying that right I, i just think like like in the same way we talk about vocations like the gospel is going to flesh out in your vocation differently depending on different things I think a similar thing could be said about like cultures and race and backgrounds and such like that too. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can so. I can talk a little bit more about that from my experience. So uh, I know that like uh, with predominantly Asian churches, like it's very communal. Like uh, you go to church on Sunday and you do the service. And, um, you know, you could have the same service at IBC and uh, um, at another, I don't know, other predominantly Asian churches that I've been at. But then afterward, like, everyone, like, uh, the whole day would just be dedicated to, like, church people. (laughs) You know, you go out with all your church friends. You go to some, like, ministry thing with all your church friends. And then you go back to your apartment, which you live with all your church friends. (laughs) <laughs> and then you do throughout the week you do other like ministry related things uh, also with your church friends and um, I, I kind of emphasizing that point because like in one sense it's great you know like it's definitely in some ways it's kind of like the Acts 2 community in which um, you know day in day out they were at the church um, but in other parts it's it's a bit insular right like um, if I may say so it's, it's a bit like this is you know my tribe my people and we don't um, I, I've definitely been guilty of in the past of like not loving the neighbor right next to me than the, the ones that I live next to and don't even know their names because they look different or they talk different from me and they're not like from a church background so it becomes uncomfortable right like ah I can't I, I don't know if you're saved or not and uh, it's uncomfortable to share the gospel with you so I'd rather stick with my comfortable crowd um, whereas um, I think at least the culture that we try to have at IBC and um, that the, I've seen it working is just encourage people to kind of go out and into the city, love their neighbor. Um, doesn't have to be like a million ministries, but uh, can just be uh, things that you're passionate about. And then can sometimes bring the church in uh, to help you with that. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a, in that sense, I would kind of classify it as a bit more individualistic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And and then um, I remember um, we talked about this a little bit in our breakout session last summer in the park. Dami was in my small group, and uh, she was saying that the some of the elements of that kind of Asian church mentality that Michael's talking about, when it gets which are good, when they get sort of applied into a manual, it it looks like people going out to eat after church to an Asian restaurant. And Dami was kind of reflecting on that. You want to f- share more about that, Dami? Like, um, so um, yeah, no, I think I think it's really cool that, and it, it's funny because having not been a part of a predominantly Asian church, I don't think, or I've been in churches with um, large groups of Asian people, but I, I I like was new to that whole idea of like commun like of communal living, and I've I've been in churches that have had been very communal living in that aspect, but very specific in like going out to eat after church in that way it was like oh this is kind of new because i've been in contexts where people had more families so like going out was kind of an expense um but then also yeah. like yeah. even just eating asian food um so regularly i don't really eat asian food it's kind of like um yeah an area that i actually want to like improve at which like i said is a unique opportunity at um ibc but it's so interesting because i think being in a context where there is this level of like, oh, and we're like going to this Asian restaurant and everyone's really familiar with the food. It's really interesting because it's like this this aspect that I think people who come from and share that um, tradition and that expression have like a level of comfort, uh, whereas I might feel less comfortable, which on one end is an opportunity for Something growth. On another mind. end, it's like maybe Something there's ways. Mind. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying that's um, something to keep in mind. Yeah, something to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that there is ways to kind of like think through, like, okay, that that's a good way to do community, but it's not like the only yeah. way. And again, it's not that it needs to be mm-hmm. that pattern needs to be disrupted entirely, but it's just like maybe questioned yeah. and maybe like ways yeah. that we can like. And I also too like one of my favorite traditions is um, hanging out with the Castillos after church, and so um, that being yeah. a very family kind of yeah. thing that I'm more kind of used to. But it's just interesting, and right. it's something that. I think without other eyes seeing it, it might just be deemed as like normal and a thing that's done, but it's like, oh, well, it's actually like kind of unique to maybe this expression of faith. Um, yeah. That's interesting. You bring up like the Castillos. They're, they're probably not going to go out to eat after church, especially now with the two, the, the boys, the twins, and it just, you know, the whole idea of going out to eat after church, that's a very single or... Thing. Married without Married kids, without kind kids of thing to do. Of. So keeping that in mind, those different demographics. Um, yeah, it's interesting. This uh, this Sunday we're gonna have our first uh, um, meal as a church on Sunday. Yes, and, membership uh, meeting. I was, uh, I was, yeah, yeah, I'm excited, excited about that, right? About that, right? And yes. I was trying, I was to, trying order, to order order food uh, for that, and I wanted to order Indian food because I don't think we've done that before. And um, just to kind of you know, just a little. Shout out to Sushil and and uh, there's many fans of like Garib and things like that from you. So I think that'd be really cool. Um, oh, I tried and Garib uh, is going to cost like seven hundred bucks. Oh my word! And they didn't deliver, and so I couldn't find an Indian place. I think we can if we dig up a little bit more. But I I just went back to Chinese food. <laughs> it was easier and cheaper, but uh, but we do need to spread that around a little bit. But they'll probably never have a church potluck like what I'm. What you know, my people's food. Uh, here, here, but, um, but um, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that would probably, that would probably not, not not be very not healthy. Be very healthy and people would be disgusted. Would be disgusted by it. By it. <laughs> Where I grew Where up, I grew salad, up salad, salad, salad salad meant something that had, that had uh, marshmallows, marshmallows and jello, and jello in, it. in it. So, so. that's uh, oh, man. Indiana casseroles. Lots of 
cream of cream of mushroom cream of chicken soup based things <laughs> anyway um yeah what else we and talk i might about? i might listen to that or i might listen to that and be like what why would you ever eat that no offense <laughs> but it's 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 <laughs> a part of <laughs> it's a part of your culture that like um instead of looking at like oh why do they do that like uh maybe try to understand like i'm sure growing up for you like this was your comfort food you know like this is, it is your yeah. people's food right. and there's something bonding about eating that together um and i guess like you know kind of what you were bringing up dami about uh yeah just if if a bunch of people eat out asian people eat out like and they choose an asian restaurant it's um maybe there's a uh, some reflection that uh we could do on our end of like um yeah what does it mean to like love others who are different than you because i think that's I, I think that's what I've been trying to learn a lot more. Um, you know, it's these people, Not obviously not everyone's going to be the same as me, but, like, how do I keep an ear out for these differences instead of passing judgment, uh, which I'm so, like, just automatically want to do because I'm a sinner. Um, how can I kind of um, wonder and ask and love love them um, one thing that I noticed that you do a lot, Dami, and I actually really like, is uh, I, I, I picked up on that you ask people about, like, their background and their culture a lot and try to understand, like, the different, like, things in their fridge or, like, the uh, things that they're used to doing and just being really inquisitive about it. And um, I'm president of the diversity club in high school. Oh, so no that's way. That out. <laughs> so nerdy, and a, that's uh, that coming a out. And a sports reporter. Yes, yeah, all, ask, all the ask things. Ask Dami about that sometimes. Yeah, please do. Wow. But, you know, that's that coming out. <laughs> do you think that's, that to disciple somebody, it's it's most useful if, if the people are similar? Uh, for example, would to minister to a mom <laughs> who had uh, a miscarriage, would it need to be another woman who's had a miscarriage? Um, so on and so forth, right? What do you think? do is uh, if we're going to disciple people would we pair them up with the people that that they need to be with someone who gets them yeah Yeah. that's so interesting Uh, would there ever ever be a need to leave a church to be around other people who are more like me because I have a particular need (sighs) yeah that's a that's a good one. Um, I think when I uh, think about getting discipled, um, there's aspects of like, oh, I want this person that I'm getting discipled by to be like who I want to be, right? Um, like, so, and and it helps like if it's, you know, like an Asian dad or something, right? I want to be like an Asian dad. <laughs> um Right, and so there's some aspect of like, oh, they get me. Uh, The conversation is a bit easier. They understand the struggles. They understand like, you know, um, my struggles with my parents who are also Asian, and um, it's there's just like some easiness of dynamic that helps. And instead, if I like talk to someone else about my parents who doesn't understand it, it's like I have to be the one explaining it. Um, and rather I like learn from someone that has gone through it and has more wisdom than me in my particular situation 
Um, but at the same time, um, I think I've learned a lot from like non-Asian dads, <laughs> like you, Nathan. <laughs> I've seen like how you parent your kids and um, the way that you try to do it in a godly way. And I think that's um, sometimes more helpful, right? Instead of uh, being narrow-minded, n- not, not to say like other Asian dads I've talked to are narrow-minded, but instead of uh, kind of uh, pigeonholing myself into like, I can only learn from this kind of person, um, hmm. but rather to know that like, hey, God like works in all sorts of different ways and all sorts of different people and um, trying to take the best of like other people's cultural experiences um, and how like godliness looks like to them in their culture and applying it in my own because yeah. like yeah growing up in like Asian culture like, I think like this aspects of it which I love and aspects of it which I don't I think it's are definitely weaker and um, being able to learn from other people from other cultures helps me a lot to just break out of that like mold that I would uh, be stuck in sometimes sounds like what you're saying is like there's an element of like of um like similarity so like to take the um the um woman who might have miscarried versus the woman who may be a single and that has not been her um like a situation that she's gone through I think there are kind of similar themes of like unfulfilled longings that come with like a single woman and someone who's maybe miscarried obviously not the same thing at all not to minimize any like sort of feeling but I think that that it's interesting to note the similarities that there are still kind of similar themes that like um when we Hmm. apply scripture to our heart we can kind of um receive like healing in similar ways again not the same way at all but similar concepts yeah yeah wow there's thousands of different directions we could take this it's uh, a big topic i guess i hope people have seen you know we we're not just wanting to sort of talk about the things that are on twitter and news stories of things that are happening in minneapolis or out there but really bring it down into the local body because we believe that the local church should be a place of diversity it should be a place of not just eyeballs or elbows but god's placed all different kinds of gifts and people and personalities in this body for our edification and to display the glory of the gospel which is the world's ultimate need so we want to really be local church stuff but is there anything else we need to talk about any of those bigger national questions or anything else as it applies to ibc we can that would be helpful and edifying to the body to discuss got a couple more minutes there's some really good thoughts there i think um even another like pretty big and large and good takeaway is just like our anticipation to be redeemed as a diverse church and to kind of celebrate heaven with people who are diverse and to kind of have a familiar sense of that um, in our experience um, in like the church on this side of heaven. Yeah, when, you know, my sinful, stubborn self uh, can finally get people that aren't the same as me without judging them and to like actually celebrate and rejoice in this 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 really beautiful unique like mosaic of um god's people in heaven i think uh that's something i look forward to my sinful stubborn self gets annoyed at people who are different than me it's it's a good gift to see my sin and throw myself on christ's mercy and thank him that he he came for me as different as i am from him um but yeah, just like being around people who are different than me. Even in my own house, each of my kids are uniquely different people. Mm. It's a very 
every marriage is a cross-cultural marriage to some extent and then if you have a family of five kids you're going to have diversity of personalities and some of them I like better than others I'll be honest <laughs> and some of them really bring out the worst in me and it's a and it's that's God's sanctifying kind of it's hard rubbing off my rough edges but it, it's showing me my sin and pointing me to, the, to Christ mm. rather than um, kind of patting me on the back and making me feel good and easy mm. easy isn't growth necessarily mm. yeah we are if you think about it we're pretty different from Jesus <laughs> He's perfect. He's sinless, right. and yet He loves us so much. Yeah. Praise God. I think I think the from heaven to earth—that's a pretty cross-cultural jump. What'd you say, Theo? Uh, I was just gonna it's like, I, I think I'm thankful that like the gospel gives us categories to talk about. Like, uh, you know, we can talk about like injustices and then we can also talk about like repentance for the things that we we did wrong and the ways we didn't understand things and and didn't treat people right and then we can also talk about forgiveness and reconciliation and um yeah i don't know i'm just thankful that the gospel like gives us the language to express those things that we we desperately need nowadays yeah well let's keep the conversation going um this is not a conversation start stopper but a starter let's keep loving each other love covers over a multitude of sins and he's loved us so let's keep growing and, and praying that we would become more like christ individually and even corporately our body would would really shine something into the world that's really unique and supernatural and can only come from god and um i love each of you this is a diverse little group here even um but uh, i appreciate you guys and appreciate the time and the willingness to have the conversation and and uh yeah it's been it's been good i'm so happy that i was able to be on the podcast because i'm such a big fan so it's been nice (laughs) (laughs) we gotta have you on dummy for uh talking about about your vocation vocation. sometimes you know i was actually going to like put that in the ether so i'm glad that you mentioned that excellent (laughs) we'll get there cool cool beans as you would say (laughs) all right any parting words theo no uh, I think <laughs> alright I don't think I have anything left to say so. <laughs> okay perfect way to end then we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later <laughs>